BP Nation, what is up, guys? We are back on the podcast, and this week we have a special guest. This week I am sitting down with Sheila Jackson. Now, Sheila is a fitness professional who's been in the industry for over 11 years, and on this episode, we are talking all things faith and fitness, how the two are related to one another, how each of those components have impacted her life and her career and her profession. And really, we're just going to dive into her story because it's incredibly inspiring. It's an incredible display of faith and optimism and positivity and resilience. And we are just so excited to have her on the show. And we hope that you're able to take away dozens of nuggets today from the episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 92, and we are here with a special guest. Today on the show, we have Sheila Jackson, and I'm going to give her a moment to introduce herself and tell you a little bit about who she is, what she does, and why she does it. So go ahead and take it away. Hey, Derek, thank you for having me. I'm super excited and nervous. Uh um to be here but um my name is sheila um and i'm originally from sacramento california but now i live in houston texas is the best way that i can um you know explain it but i am a fitness professional i've been um in the wellness industry for probably about it's close to 11 years i try to track it by how old my son is um (laughs) i grew up with sports i played sports um a lot Uh, Growing up, my first sport was track and field. So I started in the fourth grade running AU track and field. And then um, my family's a basketball family. So of course, just naturally with two brothers went and played basketball. And then being the only girl, I was a cheerleader. So it was interesting to, on Tuesday nights, you got on your basketball shorts and by Wednesday, you'd have on a cheer skirt. But that, you know, that's basically, I've always been active lifestyle. My mother was extremely active um, as well. Um, but uh, uh, really early on in my in my life, when I was 14, um, had a major life crisis that happened. My father passed away suddenly from a heart attack right after Christmas. Um, it felt like the night after Christmas, but it was actually on the 27th. So it was just really early in the morning. Um, and I was 14. I was already just starting high school, kind of, you know, your your maturity age or whatnot. And um, that's when my life started taking a turn. And um, interesting enough, like I've always uh, been a believer. Um, my dad, my dad always instilled early on how important it was to get to know Christ and, and make sure that that was first in our life. And I remember when um, my father was having the heart attack, the first thing I did with my adolescent self was just grab the Bible and just open it. I didn't know what to do with it, uh, but I was just like praying and praying and praying and praying. But, um, you know, it just, it, it was interesting what grief can do, especially when you're a child. And my mom's way of dealing with grief was working out. That's what she did. And I was able to witness that, did not really put the connection together or what she was doing. I just kind of knew 
my mom worked out. Like that's all that I knew is that she worked out a lot, <laughs> a lot. She was more at the gym more than she was at home sometimes it seems. But you know, of course with grief just as a troubled teen, um, I would say that my life started taking a different direction. You know, um, I was a straight A student. I was, it's interesting because I, I look at my, um, look at my life as living like a little double, uh, what is it? Like, like a, I was like living a double life felt like, like I knew I had things going on, but then I knew I was supposed to do certain things at the same time. And that's just kind of how I led was just based on my mood, if that makes sense. So it's like, I'll get good grades, but I want to be at school all day. Like that's weird, right? But it's just, <laughs> and I was like student governor or lieutenant governor in homecoming royalty. Like I really cared about the things that I was achieving in school, but I like was messed up so bad, you know, um, inside shall I say. So for me, it felt like I was troubled. You know, like I went, I made, I think I made some interesting choices. So um, I say all that to say that uh, when I graduated from high school, then I started living a runaway life. Like I was just kind of running away, trying to restart over to either, you know, figure out a better way, a, a better place, a better feeling. And um that was the end of my sports at that point. You know, um, I think I finished out senior year. That was the end of my active lifestyle and kind of like the beginning of just like a fighting lifestyle or a surviving lifestyle. So I found myself in Los Angeles, making my whole family worried because I could barely make ends meet. I'm failing classes in college. It's just all these things, not working out at all, mind you. I don't have an act. I went from being in sports team, all the stuff to like absolutely nothing at all, you know, and just in a very depressed state. So I say, let's say 18, that started like at 18. And when I turned, what was it? 23, I found myself back at home in good old Sacramento, California, feeling like a failure. I got kicked out of college three times. <laughs> I got kicked out of college three times. I went to college in Sacramento and then I went to college in LA and then I went to a JUCO in LA and and then I found myself back at home. And um, man, I was working at Jamba Juice, man. I just felt like a complete, like, you know, uh, failure at that point. And um, anyway, I had this opportunity to go visit my friend in Atlanta. And um, she was graduating from college. And man, I got, I got, stuck out there because of course I'm broke I bought a one-way ticket out there and I got stuck out there at least that's what I tell myself I got stuck I was just was irresponsible I didn't have no money <laughs> to come back um but then what was interesting enough is I was out there for a month and I started doing like food food tasting for Arby's and they were like paying really good money and stuff so I was able to fundraise my way back home and then at that point, I was like, you know what? I could live in Atlanta. Of course I could. I was like, I wasn't even 23 yet at the time. Okay. This is like how like immature my mind was and how all over the place. I was like, I could, <laughs> I could survive. <laughs> so I remember working my last two weeks. Um, 
at Jamba Juice and like literally packing my bags there, I go running away again, right? To Atlanta. And um, yeah, so that was like the start of my like real life was just moving to Atlanta. Okay, I wasn't in fitness. I wasn't any of those things. I was just running away and I, and I was a club girl, you know, I was working at Bloomingdale's um, at Lenox Mall. Shout out to Lenox Mall. <laughs> and um, I, that's where I met my now husband. And, um, you know, we had our first child out there in Atlanta um, and then our second, and then we got married. And then I remember after my second child, just getting to that place of like pure unhappiness because I'm like super overweight at this point um, and very depressed, you know? So I don't think the depression had left. I think it was always there. It's just that I just felt like if I changed my environment, I would feel better. Or if I gave myself a clean slate, I could rewrite my story. Like I've always had that mindset. And then, you know, once I got to a place where, okay, you're responsible for somebody outside of yourself, then that's when I think the real journey started. And for me, it came through aesthetics. I remember my mom was just so beautiful. You could tell she cared about how much, like how good she looked. And I knew like, okay, well, if I look good and I feel good, then I'll, you know, if I look good, I'll feel good. And um, I remember telling my cousin, who's been with me since I was 14, since my father passed away, is my dad's niece. She's like a big sister to me. She was like, Sheila, you take some vitamins or you drink a water, you eating healthy. I'm like, what the heck does that have to do with anything? Like, I just want to look good. Like, what is that? Like, what does that have to do with anything? And she was more concerned about my mental health. So her background is therapy. She's a licensed therapist. I had no idea at the time. From 14 all the way to was 24, I had no idea that I had somebody like her with her background in my life. Just kind of making sure that I had a safe place, even when I was acting out, I guess. And it got to a space where I got so desperate. Um, I had reached my heaviest. I was like 187 pounds. And I couldn't run. And I told you at the beginning of my story, I started out as a runner. I ran track, did long jump, and I couldn't even run down the block. And that defeated me. I hated feeling like I couldn't do something. And or I just couldn't get up and do something. It's just frustrating because I'm like, here goes one more thing that I guess in my mind, I messed up, you know, or I'm not good at. And um, or anymore, shall I say. And my cousin was like, you know, I have a solution for you um, that can help you. And she purchased my first like nutritional program. She did, she invested in that because she knew that if I, if she could help me like just lose weight, get what I want, but she knew what the nutrition would do for me, even though I didn't understand what the nutrition would do for me. And that's what started my wellness journey. That was literally 11 years ago. You know, my son was six months old. I said, I need to make sure that whatever I do, I'm still nursing my son. I'm able to do it while nursing him. And 
that's where it started. And I got pretty good success within the first three months. My confidence obviously was boosted. Um, and you see me showing up, like one thing, I just was like, you know, if my mom can do it, I can do it. So just working out and just having that discipline as a early athlete and knowing my family has a athletic background, like working out end up being easy. I enjoy dancing and, you know, doing all these things, um, hard training, dancing. I enjoy it all. And I was incorporating all and I just would bring my two kids to the gym two days. I mean, two times a day, hire my first trainer and then, um, and then my husband got a job and then we moved to Texas, you know? So, I mean, my story is so long, but that's like a little bit of background of how it started. Like it literally started from father passed away, grief had made me run away. And then my cousin being an instrument in my life the whole time, it was just like, hey, listen, you need this. And I'm so grateful to God for her because the whole time, like praying, like, Lord, please, my lifestyle is going to kill me. I know it is like, please, please, please help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And uh, there it goes, you know? So yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I appreciate that whole story. And there's a, a lot to unpack there, but uh, I love that you kind of started at the origin and then worked your way through into really, you know, all the the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys that you had through those times and then where, how, and when that led you to fitness. And, um, you know, I think that's something that is really beneficial be able to look back in retrospect, connect the dots and see that, especially if you're a believer and you're into your faith, like you and I are to be able to say like, okay, at the time, like, God, I had no idea what you were doing or why you were doing those things. And then now, of course, I can see the plan. I can see the plan was greater than what I had in mind, anything that I could have constructed. And then you end up obviously where you're at now, present day. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, and you know, it's interesting because when we moved to Houston, I was just a fitness enthusiast, right? And I remember I was like, okay, I got my LA fitness. I'm not to plug LA fitness, but I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I could go and you know continue to train they have the gym that I was at here but I also knew that I like all types of fitness I remember um signing up for my first outdoor boot camp out here in Houston and meeting this woman named Catherine and she was just like yo you should be a instructor and I was like me <laughs> <laughs> and she was like yes have you ever thought about it and I'm like I mean, no, she was like, I think you would be good at it, you know? And, um, and that was like one of the first, I would say affirmations, um, that was told to me that year. And then I ended up going to Phoenix, um, as well. Uh, it was like within the first year I moved to Houston. So it was like the, a wellness conference and I went there and I went to a workout. First of all, I'm not an early morning person and I, but I had one shot to work out at this workout was at 6 a.m. and I wasn't gonna miss the workout. So it was in Phoenix, Arizona. Me and my cousin went, and that's when I seen um, a group called Camp Gladiator um, there. And that was actually um, about 10 years ago um, when I first uh, seen this company and they were in a state that 
didn't exist. So um, I was there. It was the best workout I've ever, ever had and ever put on my Instagram, man. I was like, I want to be one of them. It's literally on my Instagram. <laughs> it's like next year I want to be one of them. So that was like two times that I felt that, I guess, that calling that I needed to do more um, or maybe I had a voice or something like that that can be utilized. So, um, so that was the start of, okay, let me go try to research like, you know, um, some certifications and things of uh, that nature. Um, and also I forgot to mention, sorry listeners, but I am a certified personal trainer and I also um, am a franchisee owner with Camp Gladiator. So um, it's a full circle story. So I'm pretty sure I'll get around to all of it as we continue to talk. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And so when you were first introduced to Camp Gladiator at that seminar or conference or whatever it was, and you had said to yourself, like, okay, I want to be a part of this, how much time passed from the time you said that to doing the research to, you know, obviously figuring out all the finances to then becoming a franchisee of Camp Gladiator? Wow. You know, it's, that's a, I, I love that question because that's where the story really has a great plot twist right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and this is why I, I feel like my faith and God is, is, is the reason because none of this was planned um, by me. It just, ended up in the order that it did. So, you know, I mentioned earlier um, in my story that we came because my husband got a job offer. So we relocated here. And um, in, I forget what year it was, I wanna say it was 2013 or maybe it was 2012. I'll have to look at the date. I'm really not good at numbers, but I'll have to look at the date. 2012, I believe it was when I went to that conference. And I was like, next year, hopefully I'll be one of them. It literally says that. <laughs> <laughs> and man, I, I got home, I got a woman's, um, she's now a region president in our company. And at the time she was just one of their partner trainers. Um, and she, she told me, hey, here goes my number. Keep it if you're ever interested. So I get home. And of course, I'm like interested, right? So I reach out to her and they send me to an informational session. Now at the time, Camp Gladiator was not a franchise model. It allowed just independent contractors. It's a company that was um, built by trainers for trainers. That's really what it, what it was. And um, so I went on this informational session and I'm hearing all these things and I just remember um, when I went to Phoenix, just the way the trainers looked, and I had just started my fitness journey. I wasn't, it was just like maybe like a year in or a little over a year in. And I was like, ah, I'm not there yet. I guess that was my first moment of imposter syndrome where I had so much respect for the people that were on the field. And here I am just cause I got a little bit of success and I just had this feeling of, I just want to be a part. And just because I can go and get certification or research it, for some reason, I just did not feel like that was the right time. Like I just sat there and I'm like, no, I don't think it's the right time. And the weird thing was, is that 
my husband was doing so well in his company and we had the money. Like we had the money for me to start. And one thing I love about Camp Gladiator is it's low overhead to start your franchise business, you know? So I was like, oh my goodness, I can do this, but I'm not ready. So that was in 2012, okay? So from 2012, I just continued on my own personal fitness journey, just trying to tackle my goals, trying to learn as much as I can. Um, I didn't even have my certifications yet. Like I, I just was researching. I was in the research portion and just reading a whole bunch of articles on nutrition, just a whole bunch of things. And I was the experiment, you know? Um, and, um, and I was mentored through with some amazing people. So now that was 2012, 2014 comes and Oh my goodness, my husband was doing so well with his company. He was number one GM, all the things. And he got let go. Mm. The beginning of January. And he got let go. And that was probably one of the hardest years in my adult life. You know, we had our two kids. My husband was the only one working. And our lifestyle was just, you know, in jeopardy, you know, and, um, but, but the good thing was, this is not the first time my husband lost his job, um, or was laid off or anything like that, so we were like, oh, well, this can be easy, he has great qualifications, he's gonna get hired pretty quick, he got let go the beginning of January, after we came from a, um, beginning of the year conference, for the wellness company, he he was out of work for a year. Wow. And it was interesting because midway through that year, I remember my friend, my friend Joy, she was like, Sheila, you want to do this fitness competition with me? And I was like, yeah, but I don't have any money because I already <laughs> knew fitness competitions cost a lot of money. I was like, no, I, I don't have any money. And um, and I don't know, I just sat, man, and I and I prayed about it. And God said, do it, I wanna show you something. And I was like, huh? <laughs> so that was the year that like I, I got my um, fitness, I finally got my group fitness certification first because I knew what was important to me while I was going through that really hard time financially when my husband was, I had to keep working out because that was my happy place. So if I could work at the gym, I can get free membership and I could earn a little bit of money, very little money along the way to help with the in-between things, you know, while my husband had unemployment. And during that time, that's when the fitness competition world was introduced to me and that's when I went for it and what was interesting was I had nothing I had nothing and things were just given to me and all God told me was just tell everybody what I've done for you that was it he was like tell everybody what I've done for you and what was interesting enough that I competed in my first show in July of that year and I 
won. I won that show in both categories. It was like the craziest feeling ever. And then he sent me to another show in Dallas. And of course I have my own plans. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get my pro card. Cause mm-hmm. it was a pro qualifier. And I had got all this like, I guess attention and things from that first show. Like it's crazy when you win a show, how much your like friends list blows up and like in just people's photo shoots, like all the things, right? And I was like, okay, this is gonna be, you know, the thing and I could start like maybe a training business or whatever. And, um, and yes, I went on this, <laughs> I went on this, um, to the show in Dallas for a pro card, right? Bro, when I tell you I was the most experienced, so that means I already did a um, show. All the other women there did not do a show. And it was weird because they didn't have any judges at the time and they hired another, um, I, I guess a, a judge from a different federation that didn't understand the federation we were in. Like, it was just like all these things, right? And we were now in October. Remember, my husband got let go in January. So there's a lot of emotion that goes in between. I don't want to shortchange this spray out. It was very, very hard. Very, very hard. We were like now on food stamps hard, you know? And here I am outwardly to the world showing that I'm spending money on myself. You get what I'm saying? It, so as a mother, I hope people can understand like that was a very, very hard time for me. So went to this show in October. I'm because I remember it like it was yesterday. And not only did I, not only did I not win, I got, or I'm sorry, fifth, fifth place. And I was devastated. I was devastated because I wasted money, you know, and all these things. There was high anticipation for me. And I was like, you know what? I remember getting angry at God. I said, God, why'd you bring me here? I'm watching my kids in the audience with high water pants. And one of my teammates, who lived in another state on in like the competition prep world is the one who had sent me some money to buy them clothes for school, right? And I'm like, why did you bring me here? I could barely feed my kids just for me to lose. Like, why? And he didn't give me an answer then. He did not give me an answer then. I remember my husband went on because I was so angry. I was angry. I barely slept that night. And my husband went on Facebook and he was like, hey, my wife could really use some encouragement. And I looked on that Facebook and I just seen so much of God's people just telling me how much of an inspiration I am and how my testimony and just helping people who is in a hard place and seeing what God can do with them, nothing. Because of course, a lot of things were being donated to me. So then I said, okay. And, and then he showed me one other miracle allowed me to go to Vegas to go compete, not to win, not to anything, but just to show me how he can 
supply my every need and I did not have to worry. So by the time we came back from that Vegas show in November, um, then my husband, I got a job offer in December and we were just so grateful. And that following March was when I was recruited for Camp Gladiator. So now this is 2015. I was recruited with Camp Gladiator because I had already started um, taking up more classes. I was starting to become more popular um, just in the fitness world. My story was so relatable to people and inspirational because I've experienced so much different different life experiences, right? And I was able to just share how fitness was training me to overcome, you know, really. And a lot of a lot of my motivation came from the word, you know, and just kind of applying the word to fitness and understanding like, hey, if if you know the discipline and and being in the word which is difficult for a lot of people, it's the same as fitness, right? So if you're having trouble with fitness, to look to God to help you restructure your life so that this can be important, right? And help you in everyday life, right? So that March, I got recruited. And that's when I went for my um, personal training certification. And that's when I became a, a Camp Gladiator um, partner trainer, you know, at the time. And I, and it's weird because those couple of years, I was one of the most successful trainers in the company at the time. And I had the least location starting out. And during that time, I did not have money. I used, I actually used the last $500 of our first pulled back into savings and I was scared and I remember you know questioning whether or not I should do it and my um husband I'm gonna tell you two things God told me something and my husband told me something so my husband said Sheila just try it the worst that's gonna happen is what we're doing what we're already doing that's what he said right he's like it's no pressure we're not going to be on the streets, right? Just see what you can do. And I remember hearing God say, Sheila, stop hiding. Quit hiding behind your kids. Quit hiding behind your husband. You're a lot more than your failure. So here we are. I'm six years as a CG trainer. It's shown me a lot, learned a lot. Um, but I feel like I'm approaching a new season though now in, in, in God's plan for me. So yeah, it's been 20, 2012. And then I became a, a, a CG trainer in 2015, the summer of 2015. Yeah. Wow. I appreciate the vulnerability and the transparency and all of the, all of that that you just share. Cause I think, again, like you said, I think it is, relatable a lot of us go through hardships and struggles and can't understand why things are happening and if you are a believer like there is times where you blame god and get mad at god and because you just can't put the pieces together and you can't see the plan but uh again if you have faith and you lean into that and and you have patience because sometimes you don't get the answer right when you want to like you had mentioned 
he will take you to to amazing places and so i think that's an incredible story and i think it's really interesting and like refreshing to hear how you've integrated faith into like your fitness journey and into your your career as a fitness professional because i think that's something that ash and i try to not only integrate into our personal like fitness journeys but also integrate into ballistic performance in some way or another. Uh, but you don't see that too often. You know, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, religion and politics, you keep those out of <laughs> everything else. And so I feel like there's a, a tactful way to do it in a way that connects with people and then, and you'll attract the right people or you just keep it out of the business and kind of go a separate way. So uh, that's one of the reasons I said to Ashley, I was like, hey, we have to have Sheila on the podcast because she's so into her faith. Like you can tell how how faithful she is, how how much she appreciates God and everything he's doing. And she like is clearly open about it. So I'm assuming she like speaks to her clients about it or at least gets the message across in some way. Yeah. And we do the exact same thing. Our my favorite verse and actually the verse that we had read at our wedding was first Timothy four, eight, which is physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and the life to come. And then it goes on from there. But, uh, I love that. Thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah. We actually have a session scheduled to get, uh, tattoos of that. So it's going to be all over the place here soon. Uh, Yeah. yeah, but, uh, so I just love that. I love that faith is a huge part of your life and especially inside of your fitness and obviously it's had a huge impact on both your, your life and your fitness journey. How have you been able to take that that pillar and maybe influence some of your clients or integrate that into your profession? Like, is that something that you do or you keep it completely separate? Oh, no. Um, I, that's one thing. Obedience is very important to me. Um, And even though I'm not perfect at it, I think I'm one of those people that, you know, when I, when I really come into my faith journey and my walk, obviously I was in that amount of pain. I like to, the most relatable character in the Bible is Job, you know, to me, of course he's went through way worse, right? But when I think about my life and how much I've lost, right, I, the pain feels like the pain of Job, you know, and I just seen how God blessed him just for his love of God. And that has always been the thing that guided me is, you know, and I just remember during that really tough year, you know, God was saying, just tell everybody what I've done for you. That's it. Just be a living witness. That's it. And um, I remember the small group I was in and um, the small group leader, bless his heart, he passed away um, not too long ago. And he used to tell me, he used to say, Miss Jackson, you are a minister. You are a minister. That is your ministry. Wherever you are, that is your ministry. You know, and it was just in alignment with just letting people know what God has done for me. And, um, you know, so incorporating fitness in my life as the, the vehicle or the instrument that allowed me to put the word in action, I, 
end up not just being a doer of the word, but like a hearer of the word and the speaker of the word. I wanted to make sure that I had it all in anything that I can use from my personal life and just sharing from my personal life and giving that glory to God. So far, it hasn't offended anybody, you know? Um, and, and, and I try to be respectful of what other people believe, you know, as well. Um, and not force my beliefs on others. And I learned to be a, 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 a more gentle spirit when I'm speaking of God. I speak with him. I speak about him so joyously, you know, to where it's infectious. And I, and I do have faith that God will do his part, right? For those who may not be a believer, you know? And um, anytime I'm in front of a group of people, I, especially when I'm training my classes, I just always ask God to use me. I've, I've always said that use me is, they say, be careful to say that because <laughs> he'll use you. He will use you and not in the way that you think, you know, and, um, and I'm very grateful. I was bold to pray that prayer that he can use me until he can't anymore and just asking him to speak on my behalf when I'm in front of his people, regardless if they know it or not, you know? And um, so I speak boldly after class. I use my circumstances to kind of relate. I use my training to relate to maybe an experience that I had or an experience that I can foresee somebody else having and how either breathing or the strength training can help them, you know, um, push through or be able to endure or be prepared for what life has. And also pairing that with faith, you know, always try to find some sort of scripture if it's appropriate to be able to utilize, you know, mm -hmm. um, with that. So I'm very, very bold in every situation. That's how you guys knew, like, I'm just bold with it, you know, yeah. and I, and, um, and I know there's a few folks, um, you know, in our cohort that, you know, maybe believe in something different. And I've even, you know, shared things that I've read through devotional that has biblical, you know, um, principles or scriptures behind it. And I still send it, you know, because it's not, I mean, I'm, I send it because it's helpful right? Not because I have an expectation behind it, right? I don't have an intention behind it. Like, Ooh, you need Jesus. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not like that. It's just, Hey, this is what the topic we're talking on. This is what has helped me and, you know, take what you want from it mm -hmm. because it's a universal language to me. I think God's word is the truth. It's a universal language. You can replace it, whatever word you want to use, or, mm -hmm. you know, use. um, there's a saying that I think we just learned that it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Right. Right. I put that to my favorite scripture, which is Romans eight twenty eight, that all things work together for the better good for those who love Christ Jesus. So it's not just some things, it's all the things. And even yeah. though it's hard to remember that, especially when you're going through hard times and you know, the most difficult, which is either a financial pain or, literally death right those two things 
it's hard to see that that is a situation that's working for you or or what we believe that it's working together for the better good you know and that it's gonna work out mm-hmm. and that's been my life is like no matter the fact that I got kicked out of college and all I wanted to do was be a um a college I love to study I'm like a nerd you know I I like man that's I'm gonna be on a game show for useless facts because I know <laughs> you know um love history all those things and to 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 know that I went from honor roll to not even graduating from college at all and then wondering like well what am I gonna do like what kind of career am I gonna have right um but seeing that now I'm like partnered with a company that has a few NFL players and Olympic athlete you know ex-Olympic athlete mm-hmm. who's one of my good friends you know it's just like wow god you did this yeah it doesn't even matter right and then I have friends that have master's degrees or whatever and God has blessed me for the fruits of my labor to where I may be making more, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow, God, you did that for me. And all you told me to do was tell people what I've done for you. Yeah. You know? No, I love so that. I, yeah. And I think what you said uh, really resonates or at least resonate with me in that it's a universal language, right? I think when you do approach it from that perspective of, hey, and not even going into necessarily the word being universal language, but just being like what the word is, which is love, right? And hope. Everybody can recognize love and hope and positivity and kindness and everything that is like the fruit of the spirit, that's easily recognized by everyone. And so you don't have to be like you had mentioned, like you're not like, hey, you need Jesus. Like You don't have to be the Jesus freak. You just have to reflect his image in the ways that you read in the word. Be loving, be kind, be graceful, be forgiving, all of these things, because that's what people are going to recognize. And then from there, like you said, let God do his thing and work in that person's heart. You don't, all you have to do is give him the glory and reflect his image or like, I always joke that it's like inception, like plant the seed and then Mm -hmm. let him, let him cultivate it. And that's all you need to do. And that's how we approach it. And you know, to be honest and transparent, it's hard sometimes, especially, and that's why God is God, right? Because when he's using people to do his work, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. And I know I have, because he's given me a big responsibility. I'm, I'm blessed to be in front of a lot of people and to help people and even people who are on the left and right of me, right? Like who I don't train, maybe there are other trainers, right? That are going through struggles. And um, and as awesome as God is by giving me the, the gift of discernment or being able to see if somebody needs help or wanting to be a fixer, right? Sometimes I get in the way, you know, and I end up making it my mission to fix you know and that's the ego and things like that and and i know recently that's the season that i've had to grow up in you know um uh this year was just like hey like your your story isn't tied to whether or not you somebody tells you you help them you know what i mean like i didn't ask you to do that 
right? Like, because now, now your feelings are attached to that when you didn't receive it in return. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's just interesting how God still humbles you in that space as you're continuing to process, you know, your faith. And, and I, and I say that, I know we're, we're talking about fitness here, right? So it's just like, even in fitness, like I have to check myself and I'm pretty sure that you can too, as a trainer as well. It's like, when you know what, all they need to do is just do this. Right. You just get frustrated. You just want to shake them or you want to give them all the information in such a loving way. And at the end of the day, you can't do it for them. And it's like you don't want to get your feelings so much attached to it. Like you can empathize with them. You could be compassionate, but you don't want to build up that resentment to where you carry that on to the next client and you start setting up boundaries or, you know, just things that God never asked you to do mm -hmm. because yeah. you, you thought you were the end mm -hmm. when really you were just the bridge, right. To get them started. Like maybe, maybe, maybe you're an instrument to whatever it is in that season for their fitness journey. Maybe you're just, just the taste. Right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they needed two more years before they actually committed. I don't know, yeah. you know, but we can't, we can't attach ourselves so much to whether or not people understand what our intentions are, you mm -hmm. know, um, in those moments. So yeah, it's a, it's a interesting, interesting journey, how God just continues to pour into me in that way so that I can get out of the way. He's like, I'm just using, I just want you to get out the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so I think that's a good segue into, we're talking about faith, we're talking about fitness, and obviously fitness and nutrition, these are the things that people know are like tenets and pillars of a healthy lifestyle or a, or just leading like an active, fulfilling life. One thing that we try to very tactfully show people tell people and just like display in our own behavior in our own life is that faith or if you people want to call it spirituality or whatever belief in something greater than yourself is another pillar of that of living a healthy and fulfilling life and so mm -hmm. for us we're firm believers that a, f a fulfilling life or a life that you can take pride in is structured in a way that is faith family friendship and re and fitness and obviously yeah. fitness we're saying encompasses nutrition and mindset and all of that thing. But that's how we really display to people or portray to people, Hey, this is how we believe a fulfilling life is structured. And it starts with that foundation of faith. And like you said, if you believe something else, that's okay. But we just try to display that, Hey, we can make it through these difficult times. And very similar to your story, you can get through some really dark times because that is the foundation. That's one of your pillars of this lifestyle that allows you to continue moving forward. And so is that something mm -hmm. that you also like believe in? Like you had said, you definitely speak boldly. Is that something that you would consider to be a pillar of health faith? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, you know, more recently for the, for the listener, if the story doesn't get deep, you know, just recently, um, three years ago, my mom, um, was officially diagnosed with 
stage four lung cancer. We didn't even know she had cancer mm. at the time. Um, and by the time we got her to the hospital, which was emergency, because at that point she couldn't, um, she just wasn't acting like herself, even though physically she looked fairly well, just mentally she wasn't acting like very forgetful didn't know how to drive home just things like that and she's in california so my brothers took her to the er and at that point they were like oh yeah she has 30 days to live and they sent her home with hospice oh my you goodness. know so we we had an idea that she had some sort of cancer we just didn't know what was the staging and how far in advance and things like that and I won't get into all that, but I, just for the purpose of Faith being a pillar, like during that time, that's when I really, 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 really knew, like, had I not had any type of faith, right? And not really even went through all that I went through and even allowing God to be the leading, the leader in my fitness journey, right? From start all the way through all the instructions he gave me, all the endurance he, he has allowed me to have um, to be able to sustain. Cause I always say, I want to be a sustainable, you know, I want this to be a sustainable lifestyle. I want to be a sustainable coach, you know, too, mm -hmm. and teach people the same. And he was equipped me that whole time, right? So yeah, I'm going into training thinking I'm training for aesthetics, but God is allowing my environment to just be rocked where he's like, hey, focus on me, focus on me, focus on me. And I was able to kind of see how that structure physically, you know, um, and faithfully were going hand to hand and going hand in hand. So when it came to my mom, they're like, oh, she has 30 days, right? I flew out to California the very next day. And for 30 days, when I tell you, just the endurance that you need to have, not just mentally, but physically. Just, it was, it, it's insane. And I started thinking about my training cycle and how it was preparing me for every single day. I was like, this is nothing but interval training. This is nothing but strength training. This is nothing but endurance training. This is nothing but metabolic conditioning at some point because there were some moments where it's like like i mean for instance you get a call hey your mom has 30 days you got to hop on the plane the next day metabolic conditioning because right now it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what's like your body the state that your body's in that's what it's in and you got to go perform mm -hmm. right um when my mom was in the hospital for the last two weeks um, before she passed, even though she was in um, um, palliative care, which is just basically hospice, right? They're really, they're just trying to keep her comfortable and just entertaining the family at this point. That's mm -hmm. what they're doing. Um, I had to beat that charge nurse every seven, uh, every, every rotation from whoever the end nurse was that came in at 10, 10 p.m. is when I would leave and I would have to beat the next charge nurse, which was 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. But I also knew in order for me to be in the right mental state, 
I needed to get a workout in. I had to get a workout. I'll just wake up, get on whatever Stairmaster, whatever it is, because I already did the training. You, you get what I mean? I didn't realize I had already did the training. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just, you know, moving just to, just to move any type of things out, talk to God, do what I need to do just to quit my body just for the day. And then I'll tackle the day or whatever it was head on, mm-hmm. you know? And had I not, had I not did what I did for the past 10 years, I don't know that it would have looked the way that it looked. I don't know that I would have had total faith in God that I would be mentally okay or that I would know that there was hope for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just don't know because he was showing me every day physically. Like the fact that I could just get up and this is what people don't know. The, the morning that my mom passed away, okay, I told my brother to call me because we knew she was going to pass away. I actually had camp in the morning. I have a 5 a.m. camp. This was when it was outdoors. I had to wait. I have to wake up at 3.30 a.m. So my brother called me around maybe 1 or 2 a.m. to tell me my mom passed away. Prior to that, I would barely really sleep um, because I'm just, you know, obviously you're, you're on edge every day, same interval. All mm-hmm. it was was just interval training. Just enough to breathe. I just like, you know, and um, I remember my brother called and he was like, she's gone. And this is probably going to sound real weird, but I just went, just took the biggest breath. Mm-hmm. And I went to sleep. Yeah. For another hour. And I was out like a baby for an hour. And then I woke up. And then I fell to the floor and cried. And I finally, finally crossed that finish line for that for that moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know what I did? I got up and I started another race. And I went to camp. And then I trained those campers and I got to, 50, we call it 60 minutes of amazing. I got to 55 and then I broke down in the parking lot. Mm. And it just seemed like every day, every day I had to test my faith, wake up, do it again, work on your strength. And what was interesting is at the time, because I like to call myself uh, um, fast and furious. I used to be like fast and furious. Like I like hit training. I mean, you got to think I've been in a lot of um, traumatic situations to mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, let's go. Let's go. So I'm like intense, right? Man, listen, I got this ghost injury. I call it a ghost injury. I got a bone contusion. How do you get a bone contusion? I don't even remember how to get it. You know, I kind of put two and two together. It's like, oh, it was that one day when I was doing sprints and it felt really good. But I guess my knee hit uh, hard enough to where it bruised. And by the end of that day, I could barely even walk. You know, I don't remember the blow, but by the end of the day, I couldn't walk. 
And then I got an MRI. They were like, oh, yeah, bone contusion. So it was like, but I can't run no more. I can't sprint. I can't, like, fight through. God was like, no, I'm going to teach you how to I'm going to teach you how to walk. And I'm going to teach you that I can carry you too. Right? So that was an interesting new test of faith. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely is a pillar because I went from one extreme where I'm like so intense, I'm so motivating, all those things, right? It's like life or death because that's what I've known, life or death. But now as a trainer, what I am now, what I'm able to help the general population community with is, hey, there's going to be times, it's a season for everything, right? There's going to be times where you got to train. You got to be intentional because you just never know what life is going to give you. And then there's a time where it's mindless movement, right? You just kind of moving, you're having fun, you're dancing, you're those different types of things. And I've learned to be more mature in that area. You know, even as a trainer, when I'm training people so that I'm letting them know, yes, your faith, I, I wasn't using that term, but that's basically it. Your faith is a pillar in this thing. Because mm -hmm. if, if you don't have faith that you're going to reach a goal, then how are you going to get there? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think that said, it, it really everything you're describing translates to the fact that we're not doing what we're doing inside the gym and inside the kitchen to be better at working out or better at eating. We're doing those things to be better at life outside of the gym and the kitchen. We're doing those things to excel in our day-to-day -day lives. And in that day-to-day -day life, you are going to have dark seasons. You are going to have seasons full of light and joy and hope. But if all you have is the physiological components of fitness and the the science behind nutrition, if that's all you have, yeah, you're somewhat prepared for life, but you're not actually fully prepared for everything that's going to go on outside of those two domains, the gym and the kitchen. So the faith, it sounds like foo-foo when you tell clients or try to, try to portray to people like, hey, this is a pillar of health, but it's the faith that gets you through those difficult seasons and allows you to continue moving forward. And faith is, you you grab it when you are tested with it. So if we're, you know, you think about fitness, a lot of people just like to just jump on an elliptical machine and have mindless movement. There's no intention behind it, right? So you, you take that connection where you're not striving for anything or you're not adding purposeful resistance or anything like that. That mindless movement is just training you just for that. It's mindless. So when something smacks you, if life smacks you dead upside your face, you're going to be like, what? Your body's not physically equipped for that, mm -hmm. right? It, it's just not, you know, and you haven't even developed that level of awareness. I think faith gives you, well, faith is, is the end, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, I mean, it's crazy. Like I, you can't just have faith. Like if you can have faith, let me say that. You like, it's, it's hard to describe, right? It's like, you have it when you're, huh. I wanna make sure that I'm saying this right. Lord, help me here. The test is what makes you have it. 
You get what I mean? It's the test that makes you have it. You don't even realize you have it. Yeah, it it'll be good. It. Yeah, it'll be good to, because it's one thing to say it. Because I know we always say it, right? <laughs> like, I yeah. got a lot of faith until you're tested in that faith, right? It feel like God is always testing you in that faith. And even like for me, knowing that like, you know, when my mom passed away, I found myself angry at God again, you know, just like, yo, I did everything you asked me to do. And yet, I have more pain. It feels like I have more pain than my peers. It's like, I'm doing all the things. Like, what more do you want from me, right? It's just like, more faith. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, lean in a little closer. Come on. Lean in a little closer. But I, again, it's just, I think it, faith, I really do honestly think faith builds your awareness because once you have the awareness, it's hard to to go backwards into old ways. You get what I mean? Like you should automatically feel convicted once you go back to old ways. And that's the test in the faith right there that you can just trust that if you continue on this path, that it is going to make a difference, right? So when you think about nutrition, and you know um staying active and things like that or training shall i say you know people get convicted every day they're like you know what i just had the worst eating day but it wasn't enough conviction for you to jump back on the horse <laughs> yeah you get what i mean and then you let it go three days four days five days and in, in the spiritual world we call that drifting that's when you drift. That's when you get far away. You don't know that you drifted. It's like the best way my pastor described it is when you're, you know, you just go on your back floating in a swimming pool or maybe in the ocean. I don't know wherever you swim. And you just floating and you just looking up at the sky and the sky looks the same, right? You don't feel like you're moving. And then the moment you get up, you're so far away from where you were and you had no idea. Mm-hmm. You had no idea at all, right? And it's just like, you know, some person can say, well, you had a faith, you have faith in yourself that you were going to stay in the same spot, right? And that's the thing, you know, it's like, where does your faith lie as well? So, man, I could go like all different <laughs> types of angles with this because it's just, it's, it's really molded my life. And I, I don't, if, had I not had God and had he not given me the parents that I've had, you know, and this is, this is a big testimony to say in itself, you know, cause sometimes people could, you know, maybe they look at my story and just like, man, you know, I feel so blessed that, you know, I still have both of my parents. Yeah. You should feel that way, you know? I feel blessed that I had the parents I had and I lost them. Mm -hmm. I still feel blessed. I don't feel slighted. Now that's not to say that I, I started that way, you know, but my relationship with God has, has shown me that it's still a blessing yeah. because you think about it without them, I wouldn't even be here impacting mm -hmm. whoever I needed to impact. Right. 
had it not been for my mother who tackled grief by working out and me seeing it and not knowing that that was something that I was going to use as a way to heal. God knew that before I knew that he yeah. was like, I'm going to, I'm going to show you, I'm going to, I'm going to let you see it first. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's, what's going to be, that's, what's going to be the vehicle for me to allow you to do what you do. Yeah. But that had to come from my mother, you know, and, and, and then I'm also blessed to know that because she took care of herself, she didn't even know she was dying. Ain't that something? <laughs> Anybody know she was dying? Uh-huh. <laughs> like if, if my mom was here, I would look at her and be like, Mom, you was dying? <laughs> like, nobody, yeah. Nobody knew, right? Um, but I, again, it just goes back to that scripture, Romans 8, 28, that, you know, all things work together. When you just think about your body as it relates to fitness, like your body has to work together. You're a lot much stronger when you're using your whole body, your mind, you know, your heart, your, your lungs, like all of it, you know, every part of your body. And, um, yeah, like, man, I'm just, I just feel so blessed. That's really what it is. I love that. I, you like brought it all back full circle. I don't even, I don't even have to close it out. I, I think that was great. Uh, but well, I appreciate you sharing everything. I think the conversation was amazing. I I love the energy. I love the transparency, the vulnerability. So I uh, could not have asked for anything better. For anyone listening that wants to learn more about you, Camp Gladiator, or this upcoming season that you had hinted at in the beginning, like where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can um, follow me on Instagram, Sheila.Marie.Jackson. Um, you can find me there or you can friend me on Facebook as well. Um, Sheila Marie Jackson on Facebook, or you can email me. Um, if you're interested, if there's any fitness professionals out there where, you know, you want to, or dibble and dabble, um, and you would like a place to train, Camp is a great place, you know, as well, um, to start a fitness career. So if you're interested in that, it's, uh, Sheila Jackson at campgladiator.com. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time. And yeah, I look forward to what both of us are going to do in our cohort moving forward here on the back half of this journey. Yes. I see some collaboration in the future. <laughs> I, do I, well. <laughs> I do as well. All right, Sheila. Thanks again. Thank you. And I appreciate you so much, um, Eric. And please give Ashley my love. Like y'all are just amazing, amazing um, vessels. And um, thank you for allowing me to share my story. And I just pray that God continues to use you guys um, in the way that he sees fit for his glory. You know, and I'll be praying for y'all as well. You guys are doing amazing. And I know you guys are a young couple. I know y'all are a young couple. So y'all got a head start. You have a head start in his work, which is awesome. And it's, for me, it's it's a blessing to see young young couples doing God's work you know it's a blessing it's a blessing hey guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week Ash and I just want to take a moment to thank you we could not do this without you if it were not for you tuning in we would not be able to reach the people we're reaching and change the lives that we're changing 
If you enjoy what you hear on this channel, please do us a favor and head over to Apple, leave a five-star review, drop a comment in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change even more lives. And so we would really, really appreciate if you take a moment of your time to do so. If you don't follow us across all of our other platforms, be sure to get on there, hit the follow button, smash that subscribe button, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, we're on all of those platforms and we're bringing you valuable content every single day. And lastly, keep your eyes open because we are about to release a brand new offering and it's something we're incredibly excited about and it can change your life. So again, make sure you're tuned in and subscribe to all those channels so that you don't miss out on this exciting announcement. Until next time, we hope you have a fantastic week.